Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me busy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life for attention. Welcome, Sarah, to the final episode of season two. Do, 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 do. Ding. <laughs> How are you? Uh, yeah, good. Actually, not good at all. I'm so sunburnt. My face is really stiff because if I make too much expression, it feels like mm. my skin's cracking. Like a um, snake. Yeah, I'm just quite dry, quite sore. And getting a lot of attention but for all the wrong reasons getting a lot oh. of stares I've, then, I've gone full brit abroad and it was from a scottish beach no less yeah i know i know well that's every year i make the mistake of thinking that i am harder than the sun <laughs> um, yeah and then this year i was like well i i am because it's scotland does like bring it bring it the fuck on mm. and then yep got home last night was watching love island and i was like oh god it's hot in here oh i uh, left the heating on oh no just just the scorch of my own flesh <laughs> warming, warming the whole flat. I know you've been, but I just don't believe that Scotland has beaches. They're stunning. Also, you could when you came to Edinburgh, I pointed one out to you because you can see it from the mile. You can see Portobello Beach. I know, but I thought you'd just made that up. That would be something I would do, to be honest. <laughs> and Edinburgh's not coastal. It is a coastal city, yes. Exactly, it's not. It's just, everyone knows it's not, so. (laughs) Uh, So Love Island, I haven't been Uh, watching, but then started to see some interesting stories coming out and then I saw some YouTube clips. Uh, Me and Michael were pissing ourselves at one where some man told someone that he'd been all I'd done was suck one of her tits oh that was the that is the tagline of Love Island 2022 the I've never heard the phrase sucking sucking my tits more in one episode he was well ever in my life actually no sucking my tits and then when he had to try and explain it to Tash and he was like well yeah Yeah. I sucked on her tits and Tash was like you what and he's like I licked her nipple I was like oh no no iteration of this is pleasant so can you just give us a really quick rundown because I might want to get into it now that all the shit's kicked off so but all I know is that well can you explain to me why Tasha has a fucking tit to stand on when she came through with someone else anyway I know well this is the thing they've all they've all got this entitlement but it doesn't make sense because every single one of them has done the same thing they've yeah. all apart from Paige who has genuinely been mugged off yeah they just like India and Dami who I was rooting for we were rooting for you they were a solid couple he especially seemed really emotionally mature for a man and then he coupled up with someone new in Castlemore Oh, this is spoilers, everyone, if you've not watched it, but you, you can't escape it. Um, and then so did she. And then she came in and they had this weird, like, really juvenile standoff where he was, it, she was like, it is what it is. And then he was like, until it isn't. And then she was like, I'm a heartbreaker. And he was yeah. like, we're just heartbreakers here. And then she was like, may the best heartbreaker win. And I was like, what <laughs> is this? Like, 
Love Island's answer to Braveheart. It was shite. <laughs> like I couldn't watch. I was like, this is making me feel sick. And then same thing happened. Andrew had coupled up with this new girl, Coco, who he was 100% using to get back mm. at Tasha. But get but back at her for what, though? I didn't understand. So he thought all of the girls that came into Casa Amor, well, as part of Casa Amor, told him that Tasha had been slagging him off behind his back, which is just not the, not the truth at all. She hasn't. It's oh. definitely, it's very apparent that he is more into her than she is into him. Okay. But, and there have been a few times when other men have come in and her head has twitched in their direction, but not fully turned. <laughs> right. Um, and he's got, he's, just absolutely taken away by this girl. He can't get his head around how beautiful she is. So he's willing to let himself be walked all over. But then all of the girls came into the castle and Morbid and they were like, you're a mug. She's making a fool out of you. She's slagging you off behind your back, blah, blah, blah. So then he was like, right, got this Coco girl. Where's her tits? Get get me some tits to suck right now. He was like, night one, get your fucking tits out. (laughs) Get them in my mouth. And then... Tasha came back in, kind of proving his point because she had recoupled. They were all like, yeah. she's fake, she shouldn't give a shit about you. And she'd recoupled. But then she yeah. was obviously like, because she thought. But there's a little part of me that thinks Tasha goes on and on and on about how since meeting Andrew, she feels like she's been sort of, her light has been dimmed slightly. Like she always says that she's got this wild, sassy, cheeky side. And because she's with him, that can't come out. And there was a bit of a glint in her eye when when she knew that he'd fucked up and he, and he was a little bit more of a bad boy than she thought. Ooh, she, was like, she likes the tits again. Yeah, she Ooh. was like, holy hell, I'm into this. He's right. suddenly got a whole lot hotter, is what I think she's thinking. I see. Anyway, he was, he's then gone calling back to her immediately and he's been like, they, he, they all said that you were slagging me off. And she was like, I've not been slagging you off. And then she was going, so all of these Casa girls can go and fuck themselves. And the, all the Casa girls were just sitting there like. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah. And then um, and then he was like, but I got with Coco to get back at you. Why did you get with Billy? And she was like. Um... So she hasn't got she has not got a tit to stand on. OK, I'm glad that that's confirmed because I just could not understand what the hell was going on. Yeah, when they interact with one another, you can just tell that neither, like, no party is listening. They're mm. just trying to get, like, they're just trying to get their jab in. So it's mm. like, well, you could actually resolve this problem. If you genuinely cared about each other, you could be like, we've both really fucked up. Should we try again? Yeah. But they're not. She's like, well, you did it. And then he's like, but you've done it as well. And she's like, but you did it first. And then that's now the argument because it, he was tit sucking night one. Oh. Like, well, I didn't suck anything of Billy's, so. Oh, she's really got the moral high ground there. So what about this Jax slash I don't want to talk about him. I hate him. Okay, so that's what I heard, but I don't I have no idea. Apart from the fact that he recoupled with someone else. I don't know. So is it worth watching from now then? Can I get into I would... it? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't bother going back. Oh, God, no. Just watch like um, a recap or something. Yeah. Because it was pretty wild. Um, the wildest it's been since the wild days on Love Island. Oh, really? Any yeah. sexual intercourse? Well, they refer to it as a salon. So they use all of this innuendo. Is it innuendo? It's, no, it's just like... Yeah, innuendo, isn't it? Innuendo. But it's not... Yeah, I guess. But the, the so I, I, But I'm not clued in on the... Uh, I remember one year it was something to do with university. Graduation, graduating, graduation. yeah. This yeah. year is a salon, so they say is your salon open, and then they'll be like, 
well, maybe I just had one customer. And then they'll be like, oh, what did they get? And you can say, oh, a manicure or a pedicure. I don't know what a pedicure is. I don't really know what a manicure is. Um, maybe. Yes, but. Something to do with hands, but then I'm, I think I'm used to, uh, like, that one makes sense, but I'm not sure about the foot one. Is someone getting yeah, no. towed? I think they might be getting towed or foot jobs. And also, <laughs> it, it's immediately, it's an immediately defunct system of explaining things because, Andrew had gone down on Tasha a couple of weeks ago and they were like oh Tasha was your salon open last night she was like maybe and they were like what did what did Andrew get and she was like um a manicure but with the mouth so I was like (laughs) I was like why don't you just say you mocked me out imagine like painting someone's toenails with your mouth (laughs) holding the little brush that'd be a that'd be a pedicure with the mouth (laughs) yeah Hey God, what are these people like? I saw a video on Instagram today of, and I totally forgot about it where Anton, do you remember Anton? Oh yeah, when and he cried he, at Craig David. Yeah, but he proper shuts down Molly May. And Molly May, he just like completely shuts her down. Oh, you Not need to look Molly. at her. <laughs> our Molly. Anyway, this is probably boring for so many people. So hello everyone. Uh thank you, Molly May, for giving us our most successful day of the podcast since you it launched. Since the first day, like the first day was the most successful. Shut up. Are you joking? Nah, people are really tuning in for Molly May. So maybe she does know her shit. Uh, I won't tell you how much, how many listeners, but I'll tell you it was somewhere between 45 and 8 million. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know what as well? I got lazy with the editing for that one because I just thought no one's going to listen. I can't be asked. The editing was, I was saying the editing was really easy because we're talking about our bread and butter when we're trying to talk about Nobel laureates yeah, use, we really lose our footing don't we so much of that ends up on the cutting room floor and you know what the thing is other podcasts will do actually right how much did you used to hate the episodes of Friends where it was looking back on all of the other episodes so fucking lazy yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah podcasts do it but it's slightly better because they do bits that you've missed so bits that they've cut out can you imagine if we did an episode of the stuff we've cut out paul it would i think we would be cancelled would be cancelled but most of it would be uh, uh, well yeah mine going um 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 i can recognize my um in vocal like what's it called when you can yeah i know what you mean what is that so no wavelength i can recognize oh. what my um looks like i know what you see it looks like i can't do it yeah it's a big just one straight line that one one straight line yeah like, there it fucking is again <laughs> i'm like Alyssa edwards oh yeah i don't know how to do that though <laughs> that was awful <laughs> right uh <laughs> So you've been at the beach at the weekend. Yeah. And I've been yesterday at Trans Pride, and that was a lovely, 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 warmy trans crockies. And I text my friend to ask if it was transphobic to wear trans crocs to trans pride, and she said yes, and I did anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was lovely. Gorgeous weather. Beautiful march through London. You walk, like, full-on down Mayfair, like the big, massive street. Oh, that's nice. I had to step out, step aside for a couple of ambulances, and my friend was like, "They're gonna say in the Daily Mail, Trans Pride stops ambulances." <laughs> but it was pretty cool. It was just parted like the bread, the Red Sea. Ambulance driver must have 
felt so powerful. So yeah, that was lovely jubbly. And now Michael's really in packing mode for holiday. He's very, very scary today. Yeah, I saw him bustling about in the back and I thought I won't say hello because Yo, that no, would take up it. too much of his precious time. No, he's very on some sort of schedule today. He's got all Is of he? the suitcases on the tables and he's packing up. Oh, bloody hell, it's a, it's a lot. But What time do you flight? We're going to Stansted, a hotel in Stansted tomorrow. And then the flight's right. at like Tuesday. ridiculous o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. Cheesy, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Right. Ayana. So this is the final episode of series two. And what we're going to do is what we did for series one, where we go through our top three books of the season. So I want you to go first. Sarah, hit me with your bronze medal book of series two. Bronze medal is going to Drive Your Plough Over the Bones of the Dead by Olga Togajuk. Thought that might feature. And why is that? Mm -hmm. Because I'm shallow and I just like how it looks. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty. Um, yeah, I liked it. It was. It made me feel clever because I understood it. Mm-hmm. And she's a Nobel Prize winning um, writer. But it was. It was dead easy to read. Yeah. It was. And now I get to say, I, oh yeah, I'll drive you plow over the birds of the dead. Yeah, I've read that because I remember when we got it in the bookshop and the bookshop man was saying it's amazing like blah 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 and I remember thinking oh you've got quite a high impression of me uh-huh. and my capabilities um but I was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I was like no I get it I get it it's the perfect the perfect reading for attention book because if you see it someone is. reading that in a coffee shop window you think fuck me they're smart they've probably got three PhDs from MIT Yale and Harvard well, it's just about a crazy old woman who has a few dead dogs. I was in. I was in and I loved it. And it was short. It was. And it's just it's just a sexy old book. Mm-hmm. I spoke to my friend, my Polish friend was at Transpride and I was talking about Olga Tokoczuk, which is not how she pronounced it, but I thought I'm not going to. Oh, I'm not no. going to. Yeah. Um, and she said... It reminded me, and I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but there's a film of it. Is there? Yeah. It's, <gasps> not, it's not called that, though. Hang yeah, on. I'll just googly woogly woogly it. I bet Charlie's Theron plays. called Spoor. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to do that again? Spoor. Oh. It's spelled S-P-O-O-R. It's a Polish film. Okay. Obviously. And... What's IMDb saying? IMDb is saying, let me just get oh, you. Oh. You always rotten tomatoes, it don't you? Yeah. Oh, I've IMDb just put gal. sun cream in my eyeball. Oh no! You got Oh, it's got a, the the front is a picture of a scary wolf. Right, it's six point three on IMDb, seventy four percent rotten tomatoes, sixty seven percent Metacritic. Well, probably not going to watch it then. Mm. Anyway, right, what? lovely. Sorry, go on. Um, what was your second second runner-up? <laughs> no right, Molly May. <laughs> My second runner-up was Detransition Baby. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought it might have been. Baby. So although I wouldn't say it was a perfect book, uh-huh. I 
really still think about the characters and wonder what they're up to. <laughs> wonder how the baby's getting on. Yeah, is that what's happening with that fucking baby? <laughs> really liked reading about about and from the perspective of trans people, detransition trans people, and what that means in the world. It were mm-hmm. funny. It were engaging, and it was your type on paper. It was my type on paper, literally. <laughs> um, yeah, and although I've, in the episode we talked about how I felt like they had to explain a lot of experiences of trans people and maybe felt like they needed to get so much of that into one book and sometimes it felt a little bit overkill and mm-hmm. stalled the plot somewhat, I still yes. really enjoyed it and have recommended it to a few people. So, And it's done well listeners-wise, so it just makes me like it better. Mm-hmm. So that's my bronze. Fabulous. Yeah, far, far, fabulous. In terms of a book cover comparison to Driver Power by the Birds of the Dead, I really don't like it. I had the Kindle one. Have you got it near you? Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's crap. Yeah. So not great for, well, good for reading in public. So you can be like, I'm an ally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but not great because it's a shit cover. I think the American one is better. I think that's the one I've seen. But anyway, thanks, Tori. Loves it. Okay, what's your silver? What's your first runner-up? First runner-up goes to. I know what you're gonna say. Do you? Go on. Candy House. You're absolutely right. <laughs> the Candy House by Jennifer Egan. Um, because, as we all know, and if you don't, why are you not obsessed with me? Um, <laughs> my favourite book, or very high up there, is A Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan, which came out in 2011, and I read in 2011, and I've read pretty much every year since, and I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and The Candy House came out. I'm not going to lie, Paul, it was slightly disappointing, but... It also did tie up a lot of loose ends for me that have been left untied for 11 years. So there was such satisfaction in reading that book. And I do, and I know we say this about everyone, and of course it's the case because they're published authors, but I do think she must be one of the most clever people on the planet. She's just so fucking intelligent. Paul's wiping his face with a hay fever wipe. How do you know it's a hay fever wipe? Um... Because I just know you. It's not going to be That's... a makeup wipe, is it? But it could have just been a baby wipe. Which, to be honest, my suspicion <laughs> is, mentioned... it is a baby wipe. It is. Yeah, I think you've mentioned them on the podcast. All right. Have you tried Olivia, by the way? Quick plug for Olivia, antihistamine. No. Paul, they'll, they'll change your fucking life. Really? Um, called Olivia, it's either phenofexidine or fexofenadine. I can't remember which way around. Uh, I think I know what you mean. I take one and a half every day and... Anally. What I take the half orally and the full anally. Right, I see. Yeah. And then the other half I crush up and snort. Yeah, and then the other bit you put in your eyeball. Yep. And then I burn some over a spoon and inject it. (laughs) Me and my friend Stacey. Hi, Stacey. I bet she doesn't listen to this, but if you do, hi, Stacey, my baby. Uh, About 12 years ago, we were like, eh, how do you take intravenous drugs? And we Googled it. And to learn like the process of it, and then did a blocker come up on 
Google, like, stop. No, if you're thinking of taking drugs, don't. <laughs> but like the whole, you have to find a vein and to know if it's a vein, you pull it back to see if there's any blood. <laughs> because if you inject it, if you inject heroin into not a vein, then you can get big boils of, yeah, very interesting read. I, I, I encourage you all to Google, how do you take heroin? I do think, though, that people that are taking heroin, I know this is a sweeping oh, generalization, but able to know and cool people don't care about their health. So it's like, well, if I get a big boil, who gives a shit because I'm taking heroin? Mm, I suppose that's true. But maybe actually, um, Ewan McGregor, am I thinking of the right person? Ah, uh, Ewan McGregor, and he's aging like a fine wine, I think. Exactly. And he was all for it back in the train spotting days. So. See, that's, he's the poster boy of heroin. So. I suggest we all find ourselves a local dealer. Sarah, my eye is going to fall out. Oh, no. Do you want to do it with your eyes closed? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like ASMR. Oh, I hate ASMR. What is it? <laughs> ASMR. Shooby, 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 shooby. I hate it. <laughs> uh, right. day and they got sleep paralysis the other day and they'd woken up in ASMR and it was like this demon was scraping down their back or something, woken up. <sighs> and I was playing it with someone brushing hair and they were like, but do you know what ha- hair brushing sounds like when you're in the dead of night? Like a demon. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I used to get sleep paralysis, you know. I've had it once. It was... <sighs> Utterly terrifying. Uh, right, my silver medal possession goes to. Can you guess? Catherine Ryan, the audacity. She's fourth. Ah, oh, um... cast your mind right, right back to the right, right beginning of the right, right season. I think it was Manifesto Never Given Up by Bernardina Varisto. Nah, she didn't get a look in. It's Rainbow Milk by Paul Vendor. Of course it is. Of course it is. Not only did I love the book, I thought it was fabulous. I've got a (laughs) gorgy, gorgy memory of reading it on the plane to America for my honeymoon. And it was just a gorgeous, gorgeous time. And I remember getting a Bloody Mary and having that, reading that. I just thought it was great. And and I still think about that book when I'm on old Compton Street, which is every day. Just because you're saying all this with your eyes closed, it seems like you're really impassioned or like pissed. You know, at the end of the night, you're like, oh, <laughs> You know what one of my worst qualities in people is? What? When they do a slow blink, when they tell you something. Who does like, that? Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Oh god, I'm going to be really conscious of how rapidly I blink now. No, you don't do it. It's it's when people are like, "I know what I'm fucking talking about here." So what I'm going to do is just tell you it with my eyes closed. It's so annoying. You'll notice it in people. <gasps> okay, I'll keep my eye out. Uh, so uh, yeah, rainy, rainy milk. I love you. Yeah, that was that was fabulous. I've forgotten about that one. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, the gold medal position—is it even? Is there any need to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so think... that's the end of season two. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I think it was the same last se- series. I think we chose, we both chose. No, what did you choose as your top? Oh, I chose. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an easy win with you, that point. It makes me feel amazing. <laughs> I chose Boy Parts. I think Boy Parts was your second favourite. Yeah, it was. I did love Boy Parts. 
So after three, we'll both say what our top book of the season was. One, two, three. Becoming Molly Knight. (laughs) I was hoping you would do the same joke. (laughs) Poor, my life flashed before my eyes then. You went round the calendar with one, two, three, and I thought, what are we doing? (laughs) You know, when it's like like the start of a running race I was like yeah. oh, what do we do now imagine if you just Panic. sprinted off <laughs> <laughs> yeah so a young mongol and it was a landslide really for me it was a landslide victory by far and away the best book I think I'd say could. even if you put all the other books together I didn't enjoy them as much as I enjoyed my youngie mong uh, um, tell everyone about your taxi driver I know how weird is that so I wasn't going to admit that I got a taxi the other night because um everyone was like what I was going to the beach what time are you going to be here blah, blah, blah. and I was like yeah I'm just I'll head down soon I'll be there in 45 minutes because that's how long it takes to get the bus and I looked 13 minutes in a taxi I thought well why would I rush and get on a bus now when I could just hang out here for half an hour more get a taxi and pretend I got the bus um but I got in the taxi and the driver was called fucking Mungo not young Mungo fucking Mungo <laughs> fucking Mungo and I tell you what Mungo, so I had to tell everyone and by no that little uber circle he was a little bit of a dish was he a dish in real life he was a proper dish was he? and he tried to chat to me, but I think I was a bit taken aback by his dishiness and the fact he was called Mungo that I gave zero out of ten chat, so he wasn't bothered. Oh no, that. did he not talk to him about young Mungo? No, I didn't. I thought he's probably had that every day since that book's been published. I thought I'll be different, I'll break the mould. <sighs> I'm still waiting for my text. You know, when you see those BuzzFeed articles, it's like this Uber driver behaved really inappropriately, and it'll be like an Uber driver that's text someone in their cab because they thought they were fit. How's that inappropriate? Because it's, I don't know if you're being serious. No, I, I'm never trust anything I say. I know. Nothing I, I say is serious, but I know that is inappropriate. But I would be buzzing if well, I, exactly I saying hi, you're fit. These people pretended they were outraged, but they sold the stories to BuzzFeed. So it's like, well, you actually just wanted loads of people to know that you're so fit. You taxi driver text you. I was just thinking about whether anyone's ever texted me to say that I'm fit and. It reminded I do us quite of, regularly. Mm, it reminded us of a really sad story that you're going to cry at. Oh, no. So one time, I think it was after prom because I was wearing a suit and you know no, me well. I do out. not I'm wear a suit. So I was dancing around Powerhouse in my suit at 18. And all of a sudden, this guy comes up to us with a piece of paper with someone's number on it. And he says the guy behind the bar wanted me to give you his number. I think it was someone else who worked there. And I was like, holy shit. This <laughs> is wow. Oh my God. I am irresistible. Yeah. And then I remember I waited like an, a day or so to text him. And I texted him when I was working at the pub and we were, t- we were texting and he was like, Oh God, why did it take you so long to text? Blah, blah, blah. We set a date and then I got ready for the day. My mom was going to drive us to the metro station. Paul, I'm going to cry, don't you? And just as she turned the engine on, he cancelled. Right, well, have you got his number? No. Read it out. And I never heard from him since, so I don't (laughs) don't know what happened. (laughs) Oh, that is devastating. Isn't that so sad? I felt so sorry for myself and my mom was, oh, my mom shouldn't, honestly... Should I had to keep her on suicide watch for a few days. 
<laughs> I can't even, I can't really react to that properly because I'm just a bit sad now. It's really sad. But anyway, Young Mungo, gorgeous book. We loved it. I love that book. It's so fucking good. I recommended it to my brother who hasn't read a book since primary school and he fucking read it he read it all did he did he like it yeah he loved it he loved it um that's good yeah he kept texting me saying paint a nice picture this lad <laughs> oh, i think you screenshotted that and sent us it <laughs> like that's actually something that's more profound than anything i've said on this I podcast know. um uh, yeah. i think it's my favorite book we've read full stop yeah me too. it's unbelievable i just bum it i bum mm-hmm. it um and i don't think yeah collectively this season i don't think we've read as good books as we did in the first season i thought that but young mungo was just astonishing a saving grace Absolutely and you know agree. as well that makes me feel quite like that makes me like it even more is that he's not an author by trade Mm. what is like, he again a fashion designer yeah fashion designer and he's like oh do you know what writing looks quite good and then he's written these two astonishing books i know I think that's really sexy do you think um, it'll win awards it, how does that work i don't really know how the awards work does it does it have to get nominated now for like the booker who will win the booker have been, i think it would have been shortlisted before it was published oh long, so it's not been is it not on it then i don't know i don't think so i think it would have already been long listed you know what that is homophobia homophobia but then he would have won it two years in a row oh like 2018 oh no that's long enough that's well long enough quickly Mm. what books are you going to be reading on your holly bobs oh god i hate when people say that i hate jollies more so the books i'm reading on my holly 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 are i've started where the crawdads sing Mm -hmm. by delia owens owens yep have you seen the controversy around that I can sense it already because part of the reason I started it, I'd, I'd nicked it from my mom's house, but then I saw at one of the tube stations a massive billboard of Daisy Edgar Jones in it. And just because of... Oh, is that what you're talking about? No, but I'm, I am, I'm fuming about that casting. Well, just because of the name of it, Crawdads, yeah. I mean, it's like Louisiana sort of... Southern states. I thought the character was black. I just assumed the character would be black, but she's not. Now that I've started, she isn't. She isn't black, but she. I really didn't think she was white. No, it says she's really tanned, like on one of the first pages. And also, she's strong, lean, ferocious. And Daisy Edgar Jones is quiet, meek, and very pale. Do you know that Daisy Edgar Jones's dad is the producer of Big Brother? Ah, that explains. And he's called. Oh, I thought he was called Edgar Jones, but maybe that's not true. I think he's called Edgar Jones. No, Edgar Jones. no, I think I got that. I, I can't, can't be right. Oh my God, uh, Paul, I'm yeah. just about to get a delivery. He's going the wrong way. Oh, how exciting. What is it? Hello, Fresh. I just got this little s- startup box. Philip Edgar Jones. Uh, <laughs> if he was called Edgar Edgar Jones. Uh, well, I just thought he was a narcissist and he'd give his daughter both of the names, but I wonder how she made it in the industry. Yeah, I wonder. Where's he fucking gone with that box, man? Come back. Run down the street. No. No? No, thank you. No. Okay. Okay. Well, don't blame me when you don't get your fresh. Hello. Goodbye, fresh. Um. <laughs> Goodbye, rotten. 
the controversy, I can't tell you actually because it will spoil the plot. Why are you However, teasing us? The, what happens in the book, they are now, right, well, he's delivered that box somewhere else. Oh, no. <laughs> Unless he's coming back, he's coming back. And nope, that's not mine either. Okay. Um, so the what happens in the plot, right? People are people believe happened in real life that D, it happened to Delia Owens. Why? Um, because a thick. No, because there there is evidence that it's happened. Oh, so she's essentially written basically a memoir. But it's now saying, well, no, it's not true. But everyone's like, but babe, it is. Oh, oh. When you find out what's happened in the plot, you it's like, oh. Oh, sweet Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm reading it all today. I'm probably, I've read 100 pages and I'm just going to keep reading it. So maybe I'll be able to text you about it later. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, the other books I'm reading, I mean, I'm not going to read six books, but I just kept buying books. So yeah. I'm, I'm buzzing for this one, Hostage by yes. Claire McIntosh. Save hundreds of lives or save your child. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to say so, but that's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... The child. Right, here we go. All right. <laughs> Listen. She's going to get a hello fresh. I wonder what she's ordered. What's the freshest of all foods? What do you think of when you hear the word fresh? I think of... A peach, no. Fresh. Fresh. The word's losing meaning, fresh. I actually watched an amazing horror film called Fresh with Daisy Edgar-Jones. recommend you watch it. It's like this weird horror film where this murder man catches people to cut their meat off and sell their meat. It's definitely a comment on women being treated as meat and possibly veganism. Oh my God, are you talking about Fresh? Yeah. I loved that film. Did I recommend that to you or did you recommend that to me? I think I recommended it to you with Daisy Edgar Jones. No, I recommended it to you on the podcast. Uh, no, you didn't. I fucking did. <laughs> okay, Wind right. the tapes back. In fact, there we go. Fan. Who, fans, who's right? Me or Sarah? True fans will know. Anyway, yeah, Daisy Edgar Jones. Um, yeah, this book I'm buzzing for. It's set on a plane, a non-stop flight from London to Sydney. So I'm thinking like flight plan slash red eye. Love that shit. And it's advertised all over the whole underground system. So I don't know how they've got so much marketing spend. That's the stuff that I want to learn more about. You'll know more than me, but like, how the fuck have they got that much more marketing spend? Marketing. Mm, um, who's the publisher? The publisher is Sphere. Sphere. Never you heard of it? It'll be an imprint of a bigger one. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Copyright. No, that's that's her name. Uh, published by Sphere. <laughs> <laughs> an imprint of Little Brown. There we go. There we go. Little, little Brown Publishing. They are big books. Yeah. So anyway, um, maybe I'll read it when I'm on the plane and I'll get really scared. Just quickly talking about Flight Plan. Do you remember when Jodie Foster did Flight Plan and Panic Room? And I remember watching Panic Room because I was obsessed with Kristen Stewart and she's a little girl in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Watching it and being like, I've seen this film. And I was like, I've 100% seen this film. But I've not because I would have known that that was Kristen Stewart. Like, I'm a, yeah. I'm a Kristen Stewart and I've seen this film. And then 
my mum came in and my mum loves Jodie Foster and she was like oh flight plan uh, no panic room and I was like yeah have you seen it before and she was like uh yes it's very similar to flight plan and I was like hang on a fucking minute so that was quite a funny moment of Jodie Foster's career where she made the exact same film just one in a panic room and one in a plane yeah I do remember and controversial opinion I really like flight plan I think panic room is should be renamed dull calm room it's so fucking boring there's no panic for me in that film no there isn't and it's got a really famous director who directed that I want to say David Fincher yeah someone like that Panic Room. David Fincher, you are absolutely right. Who directed Flight Plan? Let's have a look, 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 look. My favourite part of Flight Plan is where she goes, Where's Julia? (laughs) (laughs) Some German bloke called Robert Schwentke. Why do I always do a racist accent when I do German? Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll we'll address that in season three. Okay. Um, And what else are you taking? Well, another one that I'm taking. Uh, you know what? I feel like we really deprive ourselves of commercial literature on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm getting some commercials in. It ends with us by Colin Hoover. Mm-hmm. Um, Colleen, not Colin. <laughs> Colleen. <laughs> Colin Hoover. So Sarah sent me a list of, oh, she's like, you'll love this because I love stats and I do love stats and I did love it, mm-hmm. of the top, tel- top 10 best selling books and the top 10 best selling so it was independent in books, was chain, it? It was in chain stores like Waterstones and Foils versus independent bookstores. I see. And this was number fucking one. And I'd never heard of it. So it's it ends with us, looks like a soppy soppy romance, which I don't know if I've even read ever read one before. Uh, well, oh my god, 2016. Why is it what? I don't know. I don't know why it's had a resurgence. Oh. I started that book when you told me that you were gonna maybe read it. Yeah. I thought I'll give it a go. My God. Was it terrible? I cannot believe that that was the number one board book. So why is it? Why is it? I find I it so fascinating. Go. So this is Simon Schuster. A huge, a huge publishing house. Huge. One of the big boys. She's American. Um, and she was also like number four on the top 10 bestselling books as well. And yeah, so I want to know why. And there's a new, there's a sequel coming out called It Starts With Us in October. Oh, fucking uh, so that's that one. And then I've got another commercially Worshly one, mm-hmm. which I bought on Kindle for something like uh, 49p or something. It was ridiculously cheap. I'm just Googling and I'm going to get it through Leighton Meester because they've made a TV show about it, of it. I love Leighton Meester. She married Adam Brody, who was my childhood crush because of the... And... I'm sorry, but Leighton Meester and Rachel Bilson are the same person and I always get them mixed up. And then Adam I know. Brody was in the OC with Rachel Bilson, but then he married Leighton. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? He did He did date um, Rachel Bilson for a really long time. Oh, did he? Well, he's obviously got a type. So anyway, it's called The Weekend Away. How good does that sound? Oh, and it's sign me up. a film that came out on Netflix. And between the 27th of February and the 20th of March, 2022, it was watched... For 79.95 million hours. <laughs> what the fuck? That's a really weird way to quantify it, but I guess it's like some people didn't watch the whole thing, or whatever. Yeah. So 80 million hours. Someone watched. I'm going to watch that tonight. Michael, we're going to watch The Weekend Away tonight. I want to watch it. They do do that with TV shows and films um, because I remember once there being a stat released where it was like over the last 
10 years or so, no, maybe it was five years, there wasn't a single minute that had elapsed that Friends wasn't being watched somewhere by someone. Oh my God, I love shit like that. Do you ever think, I wonder if a day has gone by since the song was released where Scandalous by Mystique has not been listened to? Absolutely not. And if and if you're worried that that's a stat, get it on. Yeah, I'll just get it on loop. So that's my three... Holly Bob reads. Holly Bobs. But then I, I mean, my three commercial, like proper Holly, Holly, Holly Bobs. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got these, I've got the Goon Squad, which I might get around to. Oh, I can't wait for you to read that. And then I've got this one, which I propose is, should be our first book of season three. If we don't do, it ends with us. If we don't do, it ends with us. So how are we going to decide if we do, it ends with us? You hate that one. Well, I'm only about 20 pages in, but it's just, well, you'll see when you start it. Okay, well, we'll just reconvene. It's called Gay Bar, Why We Went Out. Look at the cover. So fit. So fit. And Colm, I don't know how to say his name, sorry, but Colm Toybin. I don't know how to say it. It's the Irish guy who wrote Brooklyn. Oh, right, yeah. Brilliantly written and incisive. And so let me just read the blurb. Propulsive music and euphoric crowds. Right, I'm sold. You don't need to tell me why gay bars are necessary. <laughs> Drag queens and go-go dancers, strobe lights, dark rooms and glory holes. Gay bars have been long have long been sites of joy and solidarity, sexual expression and activism. But around the world, they are closing. Oh, Atherton what? Lane. Do you know that in the last 10 years, 58% of queer venues in London have closed? Are you joking? Yeah. I mean, no. But she was like, yeah, haha. <laughs> <laughs> <I> got you. <laughs> gotcha. Atherton Lynn draws from his experiences of clubs, pubs, and dives in London, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, and a transatlantic romance that began late one restless night to trace queer histories. An expansive and vivacious celebration of an institution, Gay Bar is also a stylish, intimate exploration of what these spaces mean, how they are changing, and what we stand to lose when they close their doors. I have just got full. Body, body shivers chill. yeah me too that's I'm that's so the first old. we can do it ends with us too but this has got to be number one we've got to open with a bang jeremy atherton lane gay bar dung, dung, dung. so that's that um and that's all so i mean i'm not gonna get through six books am i maybe we're having a sizable break i've started it ends with us i'm also doing a kazuo ishiguro reread so i'm gonna do never let me go remains of the day and the buried giant I'm not going to do Clara in the Sun again because that was too soon. I'm not um, a rereader. I don't get why people do that. I want to reread his works. All right, because he's a like Nobel laureate. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing it with David Fincher films at the min, which is why I knew that Panic Room was David Fincher. Oh, yeah. Let us just uh, check because I did film studies at uni and I think I don't care for him because he's too... <gasps> no. he's, like, he's like the film studies... Wet Fil- dream, he's like the he? film students filmmaker if you know what I mean like people yeah, love it but let me just see his, uh, what he made Zodiac Mank oh hang on no I'm thinking of fucking David Lynch forget it forget uh, it Twin Peaks and a razor head and um, Mulholland Drive Mulholland and Drive yeah. I actually quite like Mulholland Drive but anyway we're getting off topic uh, and what else am I reading oh I've got a new book that I was really excited about. But I've forgotten, so I'm obviously not that asked. Oh, dare. Uh, well, yeah, so we're going to have some time off now. Yeah. It's We're going to both go on our respective Holly Bobs and 
And then when we come back, we're going to start with Gay Bar, but God knows, but God knows what else we're going to read next season. If you've got any recommendations, email us at Reading for Attention. Wait, no, that's the Instagram at Reading for Attention. What's the... <laughs> Reading for Attention at gmail.com. <laughs> email reading for attention is the instagram you yeah. can message us on any forum if you want to send us carrier pigeons paul's address is <laughs> oh it does start with the seven was that on purpose yes i wanted oh. to scare you oh i say uh yeah well my address is going to be vegan for the next two. Oh god i shouldn't say that oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much everyone for your continued support a special shout out to molly may Haig. And another shout out to Sarah Jane Hopkins. Oh, thanks, Paul Matthew Webb. I didn't mean you. I meant the other one. <laughs> I'm in a strange mood. The other week I was at a party, the cowboy party, and a friend of mine who we've been friends for coming, going on 10 years went, next up, Sarah. <laughs> What's your surname? And I was like, are you joking? And Which he was friend? Like, Jack. And I was like, wait, no, hang on. You don't know my surname, and he was like, "No, I don't think so." And then I was like, "It's Hopkins," and he was like, "No, it's not." <laughs> oh my god! I was really upset. Bloody and then I made hell. him go around to everyone at the party, and he knew everyone else's. <laughs> that is really hitting you where it hurts, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah it stings. It stings more than this sunburn. I'm not gonna lie. Right. Well, I hope you have a, a summer full of attention, all listeners. Uh. If anything really funny and attention-seeking happens, please, please, please let us know. Oh, yeah. I want to bring this podcast to be more about attention-seeking again. Yeah. Fuck reading. Really... The reading was supposed to be the secondary part of it. I know, and we've really let that take over. Oh, God, who do you think we are? We need to find ourselves. I know. Re-find well, ourselves. got we the summer do. to do it. In Lanzarote, Gran Canary, and Ibiza. <laughs> we'll find <laughs> us. And if there's... Where else are you going to find yourself <laughs> but in those three places? Um... <laughs> Okay, thank you. This has been wonderful. We're going to miss you over the summer, but we'll be back with a big, 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 big bang sometime. I haven't decided when yet, but yeah. I'm going to guess like late August. Yeah. Something like good. that. Lovely. Right. Well, thank you for everything, Sarah. It's been it's been <sighs> right up May Street. That's what I meant to do last week. You are so welcome. Mm. Love you forever. Bye, everybody. Bye, Eva. Bye. Bye. Email us. <laughs>